morning and welcome to Walking with Jesus Through the Word, one chapter per day. I'm Pastor Jason Van Bemmel from Forest Hill Presbyterian Church. Welcome. It is day 502 and we are in 2 Kings chapter 14. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your love for us and for the opportunity for another chance to gather together and study your word. We pray that you would write your word on our hearts and lead us in the truth for your glory in our lives. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. 2 Kings chapter 14. In the second year of Joash, the son of Jehoaz, king of Israel, Amaziah, the son of Joash, king of Judah, began to reign. He was 25 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned 29 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Jehoadan of Jerusalem. And he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, yet not like David his father. He did in all things as Joash his father had done. But the high places were not removed. The people still sacrificed and made offerings on the high places. And as soon as the royal power was firmly in his hand, he struck down his servants who had struck down the king his father. But he did not put to death the children of the murderers, according to what is written in the book of the Law of Moses, where the Lord commanded, Fathers shall not be put to death because of their children, nor shall children be put to death because of their fathers, but each one shall die for his own sin. He struck down 10,000 Edomites in the Valley of Salt and took Selah by storm and called it Jokthiel, which is its name to this day. Then Amaziah sent messengers to Jehoash, the son of Jehoaz, son of Jehu, king of Israel, saying, Come, let us look one another in the face. <laughs> and Jehoash, king of Israel, sent word to Amaziah, king of Judah, a thistle on Lebanon, sent to a cedar on Lebanon, saying, Give your daughter to my son for a wife. And a wild beast of Lebanon passed by and trampled down the thistle. You have indeed struck down Edom, and your heart has lifted you up. Be content with your glory and stay at home. For why should you provoke trouble so that you fall and Judah with you? But Amaziah would not listen. So Jehoash, king of Israel, went up. And he and Amaziah, king of Judah, faced one another in battle at Beth Shemesh, which belongs to Judah. And Judah was defeated by Israel, and every man fled to his home. And Jehoash, king of Israel, captured Amaziah, king of Judah, the son of Jehoash, the son of Ahaziah, at Beth Shemesh, and came to Jerusalem and broke down the wall of Jerusalem for 400 cubits from the Ephraim gate to the corner gate. And he seized all the gold and silver and all the vessels that were found in the house of the Lord and in all the treasuries of the king's house, also hostages, and he returned to Samaria. Now the rest of the acts of Jehoash that he did and his might, how he fought with Amaziah, king of Judah, are they not written in the book of the chronicles of the kings of Israel? And Jehoash slept with his fathers and was buried in Samaria with the kings of Israel. And Jeroboam his son reigned in his place. That's Jeroboam the second. Amaziah, the son of Joash, king of Judah, 
lived 15 years after the death of Jehoash, the son of Jehoaz, king of Israel. Now the rest of the deeds of Amaziah, are they not written in the book of the Chronicles of the kings of Judah? And they made a conspiracy against him in Jerusalem, and he fled to Lachish. But they sent after him to Lachish and put him to death there. And they brought him on horses, and he was buried in Jerusalem with his fathers in the city of David. And all the people of Judah took Azariah, who was 16 years old, and made him king instead of his father Amaziah. He built Elath and restored it to Judah after the king slept with his fathers. In the fifteenth year of Amaziah, the son of Joash, king of Judah, Jeroboam, the son of Joash, king of Israel, began to reign in Samaria, and he reigned forty-one years. And he did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. He did not depart from all the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, which he made Israel to sin. He restored the border of Israel from Lebo Hamath as far as the Sea of the Arabah, according to the word of the Lord, the God of Israel, which he spoke by his servant Jonah, the son of Amittai, Amittai the prophet who was from Gath Hefer. For the Lord saw the affliction of Israel was very bitter, for there was none left bond or free, and there was no one to help Israel. But the Lord had said that he would, the Lord had not said, that he would blot out the name of Israel from under heaven. So he saved them by the hand of Jeroboam, the son of Joash. Now the rest of the acts of Jeroboam and all that he did and his might, how he fought, how he restored Damascus and Hamath to Judah in Israel, are they not written in the book of the Chronicles of the kings of Israel? And Jeroboam slept with his fathers, the kings of Israel, and Zechariah, his son, reigned in his place. So we've got more kings of Israel and Judah, and we've got these different uh, Joash, Jehoash, and their sons, and that can get a little bit confusing. Um, and so sometimes it's helpful to look at a chart or um, a graph that helps you sort of keep track of who's who. But we've, we've got an interesting thing to note in, in today's chapter. There's a lot of things we could comment on. I want to focus in on one important theological truth. So sometimes we look at the Old Testament kings and we think, well, if an Old Testament king was faithful to the Lord and he honored God, then God gave him victory in battle and God expanded his territory and God blessed the country under him. And if an Old Testament king was unfaithful to God, then they faced defeat in battle and they were humiliated before their enemies and their territory shrunk. And while that often happened, and you could say it was sort of the normal pattern that happened, that is not something that the Bible teaches us is like an absolute rule of how God works. God is sovereign in who he raises up and who he tears down, and he has different reasons for why he might spare and why he might judge, why he might uh, advance and why he might collapse kingdoms and rules. And so this chapter is kind of a good example of that because we have relatively good Judahite kings like Amaziah, and he is defeated badly by Jehoash, who is a relatively bad king. And you have um, Jeroboam, who is explicitly said to be 
a wicked king who does evil in the sight of the Lord in verse 24, and yet he restored the border of Israel from Lebo Hamath as far as the Sea of the Arabah, according to the word of the Lord. And so he, it was the Lord who didn't want to blot out Israel, and so he saved them by Jeroboam, the son of Joash. So you have relatively good kings like Amaziah, who suffered defeat at the hands of worse kings like Joash. And, and then later Amaziah suffered a conspiracy by his servants who rose up and had him killed, which is exactly the same thing that they had done to his father before him. And I think this is really important for us to take to heart because we need to realize that this is... Some people would say, if you obey the Lord, if you do what is right, if you're devout, if you're sincere, then you'll have a good blessed life and you'll have victory in your battles and you'll have peace and prosperity and health. And that's just not always true. In fact, it's often not true. God has his reasons for what he does. Sometimes he sends suffering into the lives of relatively faithful and obedient children. In the case of Amaziah here, it's not hard to figure out what's happening. God gave Amaziah and the Judahites a great victory over the Edomites in the Valley of Salt, struck down 10,000 Edomites in the Valley of Salt and took Selah by storm, this great victory. And he gets kind of cocky. He gets proud. And he thinks, I'm going to go take on Jehoash. And I'm going to go and, you know, push back this corrupt northern kingdom. And Jehoash sends him a really stinging rebuke. Jehoash has been king for a while by this time. It was uh, the second year of, of Jehoash that Amaziah be begins to reign. Um, but Jehoash has had like some pretty serious battle experience uh, against the Syrians. And you get the idea reading the Old Testament, the Syrians were a much tougher foe than the Edomites. So really, Israel was larger. They were more powerful. They had a bigger army. They had more battle experience. And basically, Jehoash says to Amaziah, look, you're getting kind of big for your britches. Just slow down there, hoss, and back off. And Amaziah would not listen, right? Verse 11, but Amaziah would not listen. Was Amaziah consulting the Lord through this? No. Was he seeking to do what God commanded him to do? No. But he was a relatively better king than Jehoash. So he might have thought, I'm honoring the Lord much better than Jehoash. I'm going to have victory. And that's just not the case. In fact, he had a terrible, terrible defeat. Such a terrible defeat that, in fact, Jehoash is even able to come to Jerusalem and break down the wall of Jerusalem for 400 cubits. It's about... 600 feet or so of wall that he's able to to break down that's pretty pretty significant and so it's just not the case that we can say well if i am faithful to the lord and i am devout and i'm serious then god's going to give me victory and peace and it's also not the case that if you're disobedient to god then everything's going to fall apart in your life and you're going to have a bunch of sorrow and heartache eternally, in, in the ultimate perspective, obviously, it's terrible to be faithless to God and to be disbelieving because there are eternal consequences that you will suffer. But in the immediate context of life, 
God has his reasons. He is sovereign. And there's no better picture of this than Jesus. Jesus was the sinless one. He was the righteous one. He pleased his father in everything he did. And he was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. He was spit upon. He was rejected. He was denied. He was betrayed. He was misunderstood. He was mocked. He was abused. He was crucified. Why? Because God was accomplishing his greater purposes through Jesus's humiliation, even our salvation. And so we should not judge our standing before God by our external circumstances, nor should we strive to be more faithful to God because we think it's going to get us health and wealth and prosperity and a good life in this life. We should trust God because it's the right thing to do. We should honor him because it's the right thing to do. And we should maintain a humble stance toward what God ordains by his providence, which is always for his glory and for the good of his people, even though most of the time we don't even understand it in this life, do we? Let's pray. Father, thank you for what you teach us through Second Kings. Help us to be humble and faithful and not presumptuous. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thanks for joining me for Second Kings. Tomorrow we're going to be back in the book of Psalms, so I hope you can join me for that. We'll be in Psalms tomorrow. Looking forward to that. Have a blessed day in the Lord. Mm-hmm.